Hello everybody, it's Kate from Zen Stitching and I'm popping in today for another one of our artist chats with artists who are part of the Making Zen online retreat. So this morning we are going to be chatting with Pippa Haynes from um, Pippa Haynes Embroidery. She's Lemon Pepper Studios and I'm going to send her a quick invitation to see if she would like to join in our chat this morning. Here we go. It's the pond because I'm based in Nova Scotia and she's over in the UK. Um, I'm sure she will connect and join in this morning. So hello everyone. Thank you so much for joining in today. Hello Studio B. Hello everybody who's sending me lots of waves and lots of love hearts. It's really nice of you all to join in today and I hope you've been enjoying um, following along with some of the Making Zen uh, conversations that I've been having with the artists this week and also if you've had a chance to check and um, see the schedule for Making Zen coming up, which will be running from the 15th to the 19th of May. There's so much goodness. Um, there really is a plethora of different uh, projects and techniques and things to do that, um, well, I don't know about you, but I'm planning to set aside some time over the summer just so that I can work them all, work through them all as well. I've just had a little message saying that uh, we're having trouble connecting, so I'm going to try that again. There we go. Let's see if this works this time around. So in the process of sending through that invitation. And uh, where are people joining in from today? Where are we connecting from? Where um, Our weather this morning is a little bit chilly. We've gone from bright sunny April days in spring to um, some colder rainy May days. So um, I think we've got a little bit of sunshine planned for the weekend. So we're, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, Hef, Je Jennifer is saying she's joining in from California. Well, I hope you've got good weather over there at the moment and that it's, it's warming up nicely. Uh, R. Brown327 is saying Philadelphia in the States, Washington, D.C. from Studio B. And we've got Toronto, um, which is Wild Hedgeness. That's a great name. And Lemon Pepper is, she's joined in this way. Let me see if I can go live with Lemon Pepper Studio this way. Where there's a will, there's a way, I think, when it comes to technology. And sometimes I also think, too, that... Um, if something can go wrong, it will go wrong as well. So thank you everyone for your patience this morning as we try to connect. Hello. I made it. Oh, Sorry, hello, I you're connected. That. <laughs> so I made it. Oh, that's okay. It's totally to be expected. We, we take it for granted so often these days that everybody has internet and it works really well. But the fact of the matter is, we don't all have internet and it doesn't always work really well and especially if yeah. we're in remote areas and all that kind of stuff too which, which is, is where i believe you in are the this of the morning side and in my studio we have um no phone signal so it's only internet so when that goes wrong it all goes wrong <laughs> but no it's fine it's fine <laughs> 
Oh, fabulous. Well, it's a it's a blessing and a curse, isn't it? Because it is really nice to have access to the internet and have phones work and all that kind of stuff. But I'm guessing sometimes that might all, almost be an advantage for you as well, particularly in the studio, because yeah, it means no, you can work uninterrupted nice. it is too. Because nice I can sort of switch off and I come here and I just sort of concentrate on my work and what I'm doing and embroidery and making things. And it's really nice. It is really nice. And it's lovely being in the countryside because I literally, well, my workshop that I've done is all based on where I live because I go on walks and literally just down the road, there's like lovely woodlands and, and rolling fields. And it's all very, yeah, very lovely. So it's nice. It's nice being able to come here and switch <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah, I could imagine um i'm going to have to uh go for an, a virtual yeah. studio tour Not with you right one of these days so because i'm like kits in the background i'm hiding this bit <laughs> just here which is covered in boxes and and bits of materials and stuff <laughs> but yeah oh well, you know what, and that's the thing, um, I, I quite often think that the mess in the studio is the uninteresting bit, but I find whenever I have people coming over, they're always interested yeah. in the mess, because that's where it's the creativity true. happens. I've had a big clean of the studio, <laughs> I do it kind of every couple of months, because everything kind of builds up, and then you get these piles of stuff everywhere, and then you think, oh, I just need to clear my head, because it's like tidy space, tidy mind have a big clear out, have all yeah, the best yes. intentions of keeping it lovely and clean. And within like a week, it's <laughs> back with stuff all over the place. But yeah, it's just how I work. And, and I think just how creative people work, to be honest. I think we're slightly on the messier side. Because yeah. It's just you've got so much going on in your head. Yeah, totally. And I don't know about you, but I'm such a visual thinker that yeah. if I put something away, I forget about Definitely. it. So. I've I've got a have to unfinished out. embroideries that are in a in a box in one of my cupboards and I, I occasionally get it out when I'm cleaning and other than that they just kind of sit there so yeah I have one two three four <laughs> I have four projects on my on my desk currently so yeah there's quite a few oh how exciting yeah <gasps> well I, yeah hopefully you yeah, might share I, some of them yeah, with us no, but well, I've yes. Got, at the moment, actually, just here is half of it. I'm finishing off this piece, which is a little hellebore that I've been making. It's like a 3D hellebore, and I've got I'm doing some leaves for it, so it'll sort of sit like this. So that's well, my big project, uh... my big 3D project that I'm doing, and then I'm just developing um, a beginner's kit at the moment. So for because a lot of my kits are very much like sort of the more advanced stitcher medium level um with a knowledge of kind of previous stitches so i'm doing one at the moment which is mm. going to be you can, i don't know if you can see that it's going to be just like a sampler yes. a sort of sampler of lots of different beginner stitches that you'll be able to take off and make into lots of other nice designs and projects and things like that um that's a really good idea because um, uh, I'm sure a lot of people see your work, myself included, and go, wow, how how do you do that? There's no way I could possibly ever do something like that. So to kind of take people from yeah. the beginning and, and give them the confidence and the skills think, to build yeah, up to that, that kind of thing. I think that was the idea behind it because I, I looked at all of the um, kits that I have and I've got, I've got a big... Um, shelf full of them and they, they're all 3d stuff and i work mainly in stump work 
and then I sort of thought you know if you looked at that you wouldn't necessarily feel like that's completely accessible if you haven't got the basics so it'd be like this is the beginning stepping stone and then the rest of them every all of my kits and everything have very um in-depth and detailed instructions so they are they are accessible if you have a lot of patience <laughs> if you haven't done it before but if you if you have done it before and you've sort of got those basics the basic feel of stitching because it is sort of like finding what works from for you and how you sort of you know feel the way you want to stitch and where you want to be and how you want to do it once you've figured that out then you can sort of start developing your own practice and what you like doing sort of thing so yeah. hopefully yeah. yeah yeah there's a little stepping yeah. stone yeah oh well i absolutely love that you put together kits for people so here. that um they're see, both, i'm this. assuming this is my storage for a load of my kits they're all yeah Oh, how lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're all um if I'm um uh, recollecting correctly, they're all beautifully packaged and they come with a beautiful um instruction yeah, I, guide well, as, as well. The the one that I was um that I'm another one that I'm developing at the moment is called the Raspberry Kit, which is coming out soon. And that's I, I love doing packaging. It's like I think I always feel like I want somebody to open open a kit that's come from me and feel like they're opening a, like a present and it's all there's lots of little bits to explore and things like that so I've done like this is the sort of packaging which is all like sort of wow. I love gold foil so I just think it makes everything look really pretty so yeah and I do booklets and and um, all sorts of that do, do all the design and it's been a learning process because I definitely didn't know how to do it when I first started and sometimes I look at the kits I did previously all the booklets that I did previously and I'm like oh <laughs> but now you know over time I've been doing it for like doing kits for two or three years now and I've sort of learned the processes feel a lot more comfortable with it and it's just nice making something that somebody will open and go oh this is so nice and like feel you know happy and excited to open it and then equally be inspired to actually get on with it because I'm a great one for buying kits and then they just kind of sit and I go, oh, I should do that. Oh, I really should get on with that project. And then they just, yeah. So. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was listening. I have a, oh. a, a cat who oh. likes to help me in the studio and she jumped up on the ironing board. So my look of terror was I had a feeling oh, that the no. iron was going to fall down on top well, of I her. Put, I put my dog in the, in the house because <laughs> she loves to bark and I knew she'd be barking. If she could hear somebody else's voice, it'd be, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Generally, generally, she'll sit on my lap and she's totally fine, but I, for whatever reason, she's around. got the, the fidgets <laughs> this morning. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> But going back to what you're talking about with the, the presentation, I mean, it's such an important part of the experience, isn't it? And um, particularly, I guess, uh, I'll, as we move into more buying things online and things arriving in the mail, it's all that sense of anticipation of knowing you've bought something really beautiful and then having it arrive and then just the experience of opening think, it and... Yeah. and it's like it, it definitely is and I think it's just it makes the whole experience really nice and then you feel like you've 
it's like a whole journey takes you through you open it up and it looks lovely and then what you make is lovely and then you just feel you know the whole process is just very nice plus I'm a very aesthetic person like I, I really like I like my space to feel nice I like things that look nice you know it's it's all part of it so it's yeah yeah it's good yeah Oh, it, it totally is. Um, excuse me for one That's moment, Pippa. I'm going to let the cat out so that she's not distracted. Here you go. Yeah, she go. Here you go. Yeah, she go. So she's like. <laughs> I love the studio companions. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah one of the best things that I can have dog with me or you know just have a little pet with you and then you're not yeah. complete because it can yeah. be quite isolating yeah. especially here um sort of it's very rural and it's lovely but it is you know I don't necessarily you don't have that interaction yeah. that you would if you went to say an office every day but I mean I wouldn't change it for the world but it is nice having even if I I, I can talk yeah. to her but she can't talk to me so I just look like a bit you know <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. And it, it makes, because, yes, Kiko is a, a recent addition in my life as well, and it makes me realise just how much yeah. I do actually talk to her yeah. about different things. She does talk about <laughs> She's very good. That's, that's good. <laughs> um, which is, which is quite, quite fabulous, but it yeah. is nice to have the company, isn't it? It's, um, it's amazing how a little furry, furry creature can bring so it, much joy. Yeah, and um, people, one of someone's just uh, Julia Amai, so one of my uh, Zen stitches. She's wondering whereabouts are you? Because I mentioned yeah. UK, but that's I'm, quite a I'm broad in south, the area. south of England. So I'm in Wiltshire, which is sort of. I mean, everyone's always like, "Oh, is that near London?" It's sort of near London. It's about it's about uh, an hour and fifty minutes away from London. An hour and forty-five minutes away from London. But we're sort of like, if you were looking at England in the bottom south southwest corner yeah so towards cornwall but not towards it's kind of just to the side of the center of the uk so yeah no it's good it's, it's nice here is it oh it's absolutely stunning i was very fortunate oh, to nice. live and work in london for a number of years which was super fun and um so i got a chance to uh spend a bit of time exploring the south and the southwest parts of England and one place that totally captivated me was a little place and it's pronounced locally as Mausel oh, but it's spelt mouse hole uh, <laughs> yeah it, it, it totally took my fancy because it's this tiny little inlet tiny 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 um and they they'd kind of built barriers so that they could keep their shipping fleet inside it but i just loved how yeah. it was called mousehole yeah. because of this yeah. really small tiny little so yeah. i'm gonna to have to look it up and see how close you are to, to that yeah well, further we're west maybe just more central than definitely not cornwall way we're like cornwall then it's devon then sort of dorset mm. underneath and then and then wiltshire so oh, we're out of that little spiky yeah. bit but yeah. no it's very hilly and very nice here so it's um yeah all i mean yeah all of my inspiration for everything that i make comes from because i love gardening so i have my own garden with veg patch and everything in a greenhouse 
and then everything else comes from I married a farmer a Wiltshire farmer so it's all from nature and everything around here inspires what I make in the studio so it's just it's such a nice place to live when you you sort of walk out your front door and feel like yeah it's so beautiful yeah yeah absolutely it's I can uh, imagine scenes in my head of just how beautiful it must be and how fabulous too to be able to walk out your front door and and yeah. see a whole lot of yeah. things that are inspiring yeah. and refreshing yeah. Yeah, and creating and it's, creative I mean it's I started gardening properly um at the beginning of lockdown I think because everyone sort of yeah I had more time and it's I mean now I'm like how on earth did I ever fit this in but I didn't do anything social so it, it makes <laughs> sense but it it started in 20 what would that be 2020 and then I just realized that like it's just it is just an amazing process just watching everything kind of grow and this time of year is my favorite time of year because it's all sort of like coming out and then from that I've done lots of kits like I did a crocus kit which was inspired by the beginning of spring where you can make a little crocus and all the crocuses mm. started coming up in my garden I thought oh well like why won't why don't I stitch one so it's all sort of it's everything's intertwined very much intertwined with it all and it's um yeah really mm. really nice to be able to walk outside and feel like oh, there's so much inspiration you, it's never going to run out because there's always you know always different mm. stuff and always different things so yeah it's really nice yeah and um how is your creative process so going outside in nature informs you do you take a sketchbook with you or yeah, do you take I, I the ideas a, um, I have how, a sketchbook that? that I use and I I go around it's not with me at the moment but whenever I go out and I sort of come up with ideas, I take so many photos. I've got horrendous amount of photos. My phone is on its last legs because it's like barely holding on of all these, you know, I see flowers and I'll take photos and I'll take photos of mushrooms because I started off making mushrooms. So it's more like I do a lot of like gathering of information. And also mm -hmm. I do a lot of sort of like collecting like here, I collect random things like little bits of dried moss that I keep around the studio and then I've got this I collected years ago but I just thought it was so amazing like bits of sort of you know branches yes. and lichen and moss and and stuff like that I I do a lot of collecting um and then I bring it all to the studio and then I think I think the biggest thing that I've learned over the years of my process of working is to let myself have time to think about it because I think so much of it's like well I've seen that now I've got to make this and now I've got to do that and, and then and then I'll make a final project and actually what you want to do is you want to kind of sit with it for a bit and and think about what you've seen and you know it might be that if I sit with it I'll display it slightly differently rather than just going oh I'll put it on a hoop and then I'll make it and it'll look nice and whereas if I just suddenly I kind of sit back and I go well this is how I found it and this is where it was and thinking about it like how would I display it maybe I'd display it in a different way and did it you know all of that sort of stuff is giving myself the time to actually just think about the process of it rather than rushing it has meant that I've been a bit mm. more creative with certain things I think than I would if I just kind mm. of yeah mm. so my process is definitely I, I take time now which I didn't before I just sort of went 
I'm going to make a piece that looks like this and that's going to be that's going to be it and um, I do lots of sketches and then I also do I make like a little mini maquette in, in paper so I'll make a little sort of 3D sculpture in paper beforehand because I've always said it, it's such a long process doing these 3D embroideries and you have to do it very much separately so you're sort of building all the elements separately and then you put mm. them together so the process of doing that if you got some of the elements wrong you do all the stitching and all the really like detailed and hard work first and then you go to put it together and it just it doesn't mm. make sense so so I spend quite a lot of mm. time kind of developing the actual general shapes of pieces um which just helps with the you know not making any mistakes <laughs> basically and then I'll get yeah, to doing the stitching yeah. and that's that's the nice bit which is fun at first painful in the middle and great at the end basically <laughs> so it's yeah it's always the, exactly <laughs> the same I start a project thinking I'm gonna love this the whole way through and then I get sort of three quarters of the way through and I go is it going to end am I ever going to finish this piece and then I do and then it's yeah. lovely am I there yeah yeah I um I absolutely love how you've said you're you've changed your creative process from kind of going in, creating it, turning it into a, a an object to sitting with it and experiencing it and looking upon it in different ways, which then um uh means that you interpret it and experience it in a different way. What made you change that? Was it uh, was it a, a conscious decision, or you've just kind of over time spent think, more time with it? I think I've become because I started doing kits before. It was very much like my process in the studio was based on having to create a volume of work to then be able to hopefully sell some and keep doing this as a what was part time and is now my full time job. Whereas now, because I do these kits, they sort of give me that basis where I can spend a chunk of time on them and then they're there and I can just sell sell them as, as and when. And I mean, it sounds so boring because I'd love it to be so, like magical and I'd, I'd, you know, I sat and I decided and I worked through it and done it. But really it was just that I had, I now have more time to focus on individual pieces rather than trying to create a certain volume in order to just, and pay them pay the bills <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean so in a way it was mm -hmm. it was sort of mm -hmm. driven by me wanting to start developing and and constantly I think you constantly have to think of yourself as not you, you're never going to reach a final point you're constantly in your practice if, uh, like with any artist or creator or anything like that you're constantly having to develop and change and think about new ways to do things and new ways to process your ideas and and I think otherwise you sort of become a bit stagnant and you don't you don't sort of keep building your your techniques and your experience and I'd love it to have been only that but yeah it was literally just that <laughs> half of it was that I had more time to spend on individual pieces not worrying so much that that they weren't necessarily selling immediately or, or I wasn't mm. making enough of them. So mm. I think that was, yeah. And, I, and I'm absolutely sure that because you now have the time to sit and be with them, that people resonate with them 
as well like i find anything that i am enjoying doing and enjoy the process people respond yeah really nicely to whereas if i'm just trying to make yeah. something for the idea of selling it with hoping like making it for no. someone else in mind it doesn't have it that same has kind that of connection the, the like integral part of it that makes it feel like it's something that's you know slightly slightly magical or slightly you know just because i think half of the for me one of the one of my favorite things about embroidery is the fact that you look at and i've, I've been to a couple of exhibitions recently with um very old embroidery in it and you feel there's such a personal thing about it it's it because it's so close to you when you're mm -hmm. making it and you're the person who's making it is so involved in it and it's your hands that are making it and it's each stitch is considered it's not i find that you know you could say the same thing about painting but you can sort of you can generalize painting slightly whereas stitching is literally it's so fine it's like every single stitch has been placed there for a purpose for a reason that it's it's all very considered mm -hmm. and i find that that's one of the most sort of I don't know the, the one of the nicest things about embroidery because it feels like everything's sort of come from the person who's created it so yeah i think definitely getting mm -hmm. to a point where you're creating for somebody else to make money or you know to sell a piece or something like that it, it does sometimes take away the the sort of sparkle of it but i think i think now i've i've yeah. had time i do feel like my personal work has improved more i've been more ambitious i think that's what i would say i've been more ambitious with mm. certain things that mm. i've um, that i've made because i felt like i've got the time and and i do think it is about giving yourself the yeah. sort of headspace definitely to be able to to develop those ideas without pushing them too hard yeah yeah and i think that's a, a very generous way of of looking at it too is is giving yourself time because uh, for a lot of people the the creative part of our day yeah. quite often gets pushed to the end of the to-do list because everything else is more important or urgent as the case may be and um but you do need to prioritize yeah. the that creative spark just if it's you know a couple of minutes a day to just kind of refresh yeah, I, and recharge and re-energize yeah, i think it's very hard for um for small businesses as well to do to do that and i i think you know anybody who runs a small business or or you know is, is one person doing it by themselves is like i'd say hats off to you because it is whatever you do it's always more than you should be doing you know and you've got to be the marketing manager you've got to be the postal service you've got to be the you know all all sorts of it and it's like yeah. wear seven different hats for one one person and yeah it, it is definitely that the creative bit can suddenly when all of that's going on and you think oh i've got to do lo loads of admin all the creative stuff suddenly goes out the window and i think yeah it's really yeah. important to try and keep that that sort of bit going yeah yeah keep that yeah sparkle like you're saying yeah so when you say you make time for your creativity these days is it a regular practice say every day that you do it or you block out you might have a busy period where you're putting together your um your kits and then you have space at the end yeah, which you sit I down think, and focus 
I try, I try to do once a day, at least for, you know, like half an hour, do some stitching and actually physically make something because it's funny, even if I'm, even if I'm really productive on a computer, I feel like I haven't been productive. If I haven't stitched something, I haven't mm, made something or I felt that's, that's the way that I feel progress in my job and my days when I can see my ideas coming out. So I think I, I tr mm. try to, but then it, I mean, it's, it's kind of all encompassing when I do the kits because I do all the illustrations and I do all the designing mm. of the booklets and then I do all the ordering and all the like, et cetera, et cetera, all of that sort of stuff. So it is kind of all encompassing. So when often when I'm doing something like that, it will end up being like, I'll do a couple of weeks or something where I'll only stitch once or twice a week or something like that. But I always do come back to it. Mm -hmm. I try to come to it. Yeah. I had not to, I think, when you're a, um, a textile artist or a stitcher, I think it's very difficult to stay unstitching or unmaking yeah. in some way, shape or form for very long. I, um, I have found in periods when I'm not doing anything, it really, some, yeah. like you say, the magic's not there. So you have to kind of be consistent constantly at it definitely, even if it's just there, a little yeah, bit definitely. At a, at a, definitely. yeah yeah and do you um because I'm I'm so curious because one of the things I really like to do and something I hear from a lot of um my students and my the audience is they just don't have the time to create um so I'm always curious to know how other creatives like to make time and and whether it's scheduled in or whether it happens in blocks and bursts do you try to do your um, creativity first thing in the morning or last thing at night or in the afternoon light is there a, a, a kind of a practice that happens that I, way or it's just a whenever you've got it, half a lot of the time it's whenever I can fit it in sometimes I have to come in and just because the problem is when I've got an idea in my head I'll just come in and I'll start doing it straight away and then my emails go out the window mm. and I haven't done any admin or anything and it's five o'clock <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, it's like, you know. So sometimes <laughs> I try to come in and I'll do sort of early morning, early morning admin and get that out of the way and get that finished. And then I can concentrate on it. Because also I do find that one of the big reasons why I make my kits is that it started with creating this sort of mindful space for whilst you're stitching where you can mm -hmm. take time out so i began i discovered embroidering and got into it through doing just that it i i bought a hoop and i bought some threads and i bought some fabric and i just thought well, what, I, what, what could i do and i did it one evening when i was in front of the tv and i thought oh actually this is really nice you know i'm one of those people who can't watch tv mm. and not do something with my hands so I'll usually crochet or mm. do embroidery or something like that and it was definitely to find the headspace of that's why I started doing the kit of finding that headspace and I find that when I get into stitching that's just what happens to me and I kind of zone out and then before I know it I've mm. been sat down for two and a half hours and I've been completely engrossed in making this piece but then I also find that when I give myself the space in my head I suddenly I, I find it a very helpful time to start thinking about stuff so then I often get distracted mm -hmm. and then we'll start thinking about other projects that I need to do so I think over over time I found that the best way of doing it is that I do block out I say I'm going to stitch from this time until this time 
and that's what I'm going to do today you know sort of do two hours at a time or something like that um it, it is easier it's definitely easier to block out the time and and then get stuff done rather than if I'm sort of doing it as and when because other things just take over so it's just yeah, yeah do you find that I, I, I get yeah. lost yeah. in my thoughts and then go off and do another project and then you think oh I'm giving myself more work <laughs> by creating more work not a, yeah not another idea <laughs> then I end up with 400 <laughs> projects on my on my desk and thinking where on earth do I start <laughs> exactly that's right and that yeah, yeah it's a that's a whole other thing to worry about isn't it but nice to um, yeah. have all of those ideas and um, inspiration to work through and i'd love for you to share what you're going to be teaching at the making so zen um, this, online I mean, retreat basically i'm going to teach class where um i'm teaching techniques more than an, a specific design it's it's more sort of and it's based on the woodland, so where where I live and I take my dog Olive for a walk. Um, it's based on that, that, going for walks through there and, and I see a lot of moss and I've done a lot of previous moss projects. And I just thought it'd be really lovely to sort of, I, I start off the class by taking everyone on a walk through the woods and showing you all the little bits and pieces that I see and um, the sort of textures and the colors in the woodland and then I will be teaching three techniques, which are um, French knots beading and turkey work. So it's different styles of embroidery to create these mossy textures. And you'll end up being able to make something. So it's sort of like a 3D um, moss texture. And it just teaches you how to combine. The class will teach you how to combine these different techniques to make these different textures which you can then take off and put into your own designs and put you know you could add this to a bottom of a piece you've been embroidering yourself or you could have a go at combining them in different ways it's also about using different colors different threads you know things like that so it's yeah it'll mm. end up with a 3d if you can see it's quite hard to see when I'm showing it flat there uh. I wish I could reach out and put my yeah, hand through the screen and touch really it. It looks so tacked up. There. That one's very fluffy. And then it's, mm -hmm. yeah, lots of beading and just really nice textures. It's mainly concentrating on the sort of textures of the moss that you find, that you find in um, in the woodland. And lots of, I made quite a few pieces um, with these textures and they're just, they're just really fun and really versatile and really, yeah, really easy to use. So, yeah 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 and i noticed that um because generally when i think of embroidery in a hoop it's a piece of linen or something like that it looks yeah. like you're working well, I, with I felt because or... basically uh, well i use a lot of plain fabrics when i'm doing other pieces it would be sort of like cotton or or stuff like that because i want to concentrate on the piece that i've put on it because often they'll be 3d so it sort of stands mm -hmm. out from the from the fabric but this one because it was so because it was so, um, it was so, it's just such a nice texture and the whole class was about texture and the sort of way things feel and look that I use this sort of, it's a marl blend. So in the materials list, I said a mm. felt or a marl blend because it, it goes well with the, the embroidery. It's sort of, you're working, the whole thing works together. And I thought that's yes. really nice 
especially considering that you're thinking about nature and everything you know how everything sits in the woods and things like that that it all works together and and it's using the mm -hmm. background fabric as part of your embroidery not just as a, a sort of level based sit on yeah uh, i absolutely love that and i also find that um, for people who will follow along because your workshops on Friday the 19th of May it's um, maybe a first experience into yeah. stitching into wool a lot of people haven't stitched into wool before yeah, and it's such it a different experience is. I think like there's the, a lot of because um, I stitch mm. so I stitch into this this one that I mainly this is what I tend to stitch into which is the cotton poplin so it's like a very sort of mm. light cotton which is really easy really good for beginners but then when I'm doing my 3d work I stitch into this which is like a very fine netting sort of non-stretch net which is a completely different experience as well and then I've got some kits where you stitch into felt and that's a completely different experience it's just all about sort of you get a different technique and a different style of stitching I think it's a much gentler stitch on on a on a felt because it's much mm. looser and sort of more you don't it's not hard to put your needle through it's very easy it's very relaxing it feels nice so it's you know it's it is it's a nice yeah. i like stitching on on felt it's very yeah relaxing it's very moorish i found like you do one and yeah. it's like oh that's it's nice. kind of the sort of like where you're dragging the needle and keep through going. you can feel the tension and the like tension between the thread and the fabric because often especially when i'm stitching on the netting mm. um the the fabric's quite tough so when you're stitching because i stitch with a single thread most of the time when you're doing that it oh, wow. wears away the thread so quickly whereas when you do this it's just like it feels really nice and nothing you know it's very soft and you could just keep going forever so yeah no it's it's a nice experience stitching yeah. on it oh it, it really is and um for people who follow along and really enjoy learning these stitches and working with uh the processes that you share yeah. you've also provided an something so for the all access pass as well i've got um i'm basically I, i've put my moss pdf pin moss pin kit as a pdf um available for free for all the people who have the all access pass which is basically taking all of those techniques i don't know if it's is it anything. yes no, no, it's and, so, and it again turns, i just want to be able to touch it, it, it and put it so it'll tell you exactly <laughs> what you need to turn it into a little pin that you can sort of wear but it's exactly the same techniques with with French knots and padding and, and beading and things like that to make this really lovely little textured pin. And that's a kit yeah. that goes from, yes. gives you start to finish instructions um, and a list of everything that you'd need to, to be able to make it. Um, and then the second one is, because it, it's coming up to summer and I love sweet peas and I, I, my sweet peas are looking slightly sad at the moment in the garden but I do love, I do love them. Mm -hmm. And I've done this, um, I've, I made this um, little kit that makes a little 3D sweet pea with these, or it's a flat stitch sweet pea, mm -hmm. but it has these little 3D tendrils that stick off it. And, and I just thought that's, that's so just much. a fun, a fun little addition with a little yeah. design. And you can, that's gorgeous. Oh, 
and that, that's special too i i feel no, it's um hasn't no, been released hasn't. and yet? i've got i've got a second one which this is another way that you can you can sort of style oh, it and okay. put it in a little square frame but no this isn't this is a pattern that isn't available in my shop so it's um yeah it's currently not for sale so exclusive yeah, yeah. very very special very exclusive yeah. for everybody who wants to be yeah. part of the making Ben retreat uh people well it's so lovely to connect with you i would love to chat with you all day but i am mindful of your time <laughs> plus it's also getting a little bit late in the yeah, afternoon i, I guess it's and four um, o'clock it's time for tea yeah, <laughs> yeah time for tea that's right <laughs> so thank you it's been lovely to connect with you i'm so thrilled you're part of the making zen online retreat i can't wait to see what everybody does yeah. with what you have shared and um is there anything you'd like to share with us before I, we wrap not, up for today not particularly I, other than i would say that if if there is anybody who decides that they want to do the class and they join in i really hope you like it and also if you have any questions i'm always at the end of an email i mean i know i said i sometimes forget about my emails but i do try and answer them when i'm not busy <laughs> stitching or doing other things so yeah i think it's just i have fun with the class and i think i think it's such a nice thing the making zen retreat just because it's just really promoting this feeling of being able to take a step back and sort of reconnect with making stuff and with your hands and i know i've got a lot of friends and family who maybe don't do the creative things that they love doing anymore and it's just a really good way i think of of getting back into just just making and making with your hands and i think that's such a nice thing um but yeah and i and i hope everyone really enjoys yeah. just yeah creating mm -hmm. nice lovely things and i'm always at the end of an email if anybody yeah. gets stuck with anything well that's that's right we do love hearing from everybody it's it's so because we enjoy the creation part um we love hearing how our creations have inspired yeah. Um, our audience as well so yes please reach out get in touch say hi to Pippa tell her what a wonderful <laughs> artist she is and how much fun you've had with her workshop um, she's probably going to open your eyes to 3d textiles in a whole different way Excellent. which is super exciting and yeah yeah so check us out if you haven't already sign up for the free ticket at makingzen.com uh, pop into the Facebook Facebook group if you're a Facebook person and share what you make on Instagram and Facebook using hashtag makingzenmay23. Well, much love to you. I'm super excited you're part of this and um, stay in touch. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs>